I wouldn't say this is our, our first crisis that we've gone through as an industry in the, in the email world, but it's certainly, in my memory, the most global one that we've gone through. You're listening to the Email Unplugged podcast, powered by NetCore, a weekly show dedicated to helping email marketers and marketing enthusiasts engage, grow, and retain customers through reliable, smart, and effective email communication. Discover actionable ways to increase ROI and deliver value through email. No fluff. Tune in to hear best practices and tactical solutions from the best thought leaders and practitioners. Master your email communication now. Well, hi, everybody. My name is uh, Dennis Damon, and uh, I'm here with my good friend, Matt Bernhut, who I have known for a number of years within the email space. He, I would like to say, is my sort of Canadian counterpart, as I am here in the United States. Uh, Matt and I have had the pleasure of not working together company-wise directly, but in most of, like all of us, uh, working in the industry and working very closely with each other to continue to fight for emails, right, if you will, right, for companies and brands and stuff to be able to email, uh, but also to be able to teach people best practices when it comes to using email as a communication channel. You know, as we know, email has been around for 30 or so years now. Um, and unfortunately, in, in most cases, you know, it's fraught with issues. And those issues are being things like spam and phishing and over communicating and, and, and other things as well. And over these years, as we have, have come to still rely on email, and email still, as most people know, you know, email still has the highest ROI out of any sort of digital communication channel that's out there. And that's why brands continue to you know, rely on it for communications. And again, why the hard work I think that you know, a lot of us have been putting in, including Matt here, have been doing to keep legitimizing the use of email has been done. And so we thought today, you know, as we're sort of now faced with a new situation, you know, it's not just spam and it's just not phishing and, you know, scams, you know, altogether. But now we're in the middle of a global pandemic now, the COVID-19 virus. And so it's changed the landscape probably very in the last two weeks alone, I would say, just here in the North America region, Canada and in the U.S. But Matt and I have been closely watching sort of the things that are happening, you know, with the use of email. And again, we thought we might talk about that. So Matt, I'd like to introduce you to everybody. Why don't you take a couple of minutes out here and, and tell everybody a little bit about who you are and, and where you're at right now. Sure. Thanks, Dennis. You know, happy to be here. So I am currently the uh, Director of Privacy and Industry Relations with Validity, most recently as part of the 250OK acquisition, where I've been sort of the industry voice for the company for the last about three years. Prior to that, I was really into deliverability and privacy for the last, I don't know what year is it now, 2020, so about 20 years. <laughs> and I've probably known Dennis for probably 18 of those 20 years. But, uh, you know, this I wouldn't say this is our, our first crisis that we've gone through as an industry in the, in the email world, but it's certainly, in my memory, the most global one that we've gone through. You know, looking back, we've had, you know, hurricanes, we've had forest fires that rage out of control. We've had, you know, massive blizzards that disrupt things. This one just seems to be a little less environmental and a little more personal for a lot of people. So changing the way that uh, we communicate with people is going to be extremely important and, and how we manage going forward. It'd be interesting to see where we are uh, next year at this time with email as well. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, I, I don't know about you, Matt, and you're probably just getting as many emails, but I was sort of thinking about this last night about us talking this morning, and it was sort of interesting, you know, to think about sort of like unlike GDPR, you know, where companies did have a reason to be reaching out to the, to the customers and, and notifying them of the privacy policy updates, you know, there's still this debate that you and I have had and agreed on, I think, uh, over whether those deluge of emails was even necessary, because for those who remember, I don't know, about a month or two prior, Matt and I and the rest of you guys were getting thousands of emails going, hey, GDPR, and, you know, you need to re-opt in or you need to opt in. And Matt and I are sitting here scratching our heads going, wait a minute, most of these people already had given permission under the EU directive. You know, this this seems a little bit weird. And and I'm assuming, you know, that you have the same opinion even now that, that the situation with coronavirus is a lot more of that sort of uncertainty as well. And that we're seeing these weird things. I'm, I'm getting emails from brands that I have not seen in years, nor have I, maybe even some, I'm going, wait, when did I give an email address to you? But it's a little <laughs> weird right now, you know? <laughs> Well, yeah, and I think, you know, we have a bit of the herd mentality happening, not just in, in the digital world, but obviously in the physical world, I mean, if you haven't been to a grocery store lately. But, you know, we saw this, we saw this way back in the day and when Can't Spam came out, people tried to do permission pass. We saw this when, when Castle came out in 2014, people did permission passes that were not necessarily needed or appropriate. We saw, you're right, mentioned with GDPR. I'm still sort of waiting for the CCPA run if, if that happens coming up this year. You know, maybe because I don't live in California, I won't get them. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still expecting them to be sent because enforcement starts, you know, rather soon in, in regards to that piece of legislation. And, and certainly, you know, you're right. We're seeing all kinds of different brands sending me different types of, you know, sending out different types of messaging around what they're doing specifically or how it's impacting them. Some of them, I think, are incredibly useful. You know, the largest grocery store chain here in Canada owns about, I don't know, seven different banners at least in the grocery store chain from sort of the discount lines right through the premium as well as the largest pharmacy in Canada. And they've been really good sending updates around store hour changes and what they're doing for staff and what they're doing for the public and how they're limiting time frames for people to come in. Super useful, right? These are messages coming from the president of the company. And I think those are super useful for people. However, on the flip side, I got an email from a loyalty program, which has zero physical locations. that basically was telling me about, you know, their partners and how you can continue to collect loyalty program points with their partners during this time, which I thought was unnecessary, first off, as well as, you know, the fact that they're a complete, you know, office-based organization. And the fact that they've told me they've sent all their employees home is, is great but I don't think it's necessary. So there, there's sort of the two extremes there that I've seen in regards to businesses communicating, at least in, in Canada, but yeah, dozens of others, you know, store closures, those are important. Store hour changes, also important. Changes to ordering or online services, great. You know, McDonald's actually sent me an email that said, we're closing all of our in-restaurant stuff. You can only get it through delivery or drive-through. That's useful information. So finding the balance, I suppose, and understanding, you know, do you need to actually send this is really where I think a lot of businesses have just jumped on the bandwagon of, well, everyone's done it. I should do it too. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I, you know, we're doing the same sort of thing here, at least on the state side. I mean, you know, our, at least one of the bigger ones, at least where I live, is, uh, is a company called Albertsons, right? And they own our local store, which is called Tom Thumb. And they've got, I think, 15 subsidiaries under this. And they, they some, 
I think there's around $60 billion in revenue for these companies. And they're going to you know, the exact same thing here too. It's, you know, again, I think one of the more interesting ones that I loved was, hey, Tuesdays and Thursdays from seven to nine, we're going to reserve for the seniors, right? Because we, as we know, you know, COVID is, is a little bit harsher on, on seniors. And it was something that even, you know, my wife and I, as we needed to go shopping, was it on Monday, I think is when it was, uh, you know, we went at 6.45 in the morning knowing that we needed to be there at opening at seven. And that was the time for anybody to be able to shop. But I also then, you know, knew do not go in on Tuesday. And I'm trying to, you know, as, as the rest of the community is, is, is just trying to think about others as well. So yeah, those things are, are definitely helpful. What was funny to me as well, I started to complain about it. And then I scratched my head and thought about it a little bit further is, you know, now I'm starting to get emails from our local tire store, you know, saying, hey, you know, we're still open for you to get flat repairs, or we're still open for you to get your air, you know, your tires aired up. And part of me, it was like, wait a minute, that just seems so, you know, like, I don't care about tires right now. But then as even Rockwall, where I live, uh, last night at midnight, we now have a shelter in place order. You know, they talk about essentials versus non-essentials. And this is happening obviously all around the world right now. Um, mm-hmm. And I was kind of scratching my head realizing, oh, yeah, you know what? Tires are essential because, well, if you still have to work, like my sister-in-law, she works at Amazon. So she still has to go to work three times a week in the evening. And well, if she had a flat tire, you know, then I'm I'm sure she would need to get that fixed because that's her only source of income for her. Right. Um, and so I kind of backed off on it, but then thought a little bit differently about the message itself and said, you know, could this message have been done differently? You know, it's yes, you know, uh, you know, in these trying times, you know, you know, COVID's out there and, and we know that people like, you know, so sort of attaching itself a little bit more emotional to the situation other than just sort of, hey, our, our operating hours are still here. Because as I'm sort of thinking about this as well, I have, and I know you have too as well, probably, you know, brand opportunities, you know, opportunities is going to be viewed particularly poor at this time if you don't do it right. And that the backlash for these companies who are perceived to strike the wrong tone or, you know, be jumping on the bandwagon in the middle of the crisis really, to be honest, could be severe right now. Right. And, and, and to that line, I actually didn't personally receive it or haven't found it yet, if you will. But I did see people talking in some of the various communities that I participate in about brands, you know, using discount codes, you know, COVID-15 to get 15% off. Like that is certainly something that I would avoid and recommend completely avoiding in situations like this. You know, anytime there's a crisis or a natural disaster, it becomes poor taste to use that as a promotional tool, right? It's sure it's hot on people's minds and it's, it's out there and people are thinking about it full time, which is probably unhealthy as well. Um, but yeah. at the same time, it's something to look at and say, you know, is this on brand? Is this something we should do? Is this something that, you know, the community will respond to, you know, as marketers, that's a lot of what we think about is what does my community respond to? Yeah. And, no, exactly you know, I think that would be a negative one. Personally, if I were to receive it, I would probably unsubscribe from that brand and and sort of consider working with them again in the future or not working with them again (laughs) in the future. Whereas, you know, sending the other, you know, an important update about our restaurant hours or location changes or how we're doing business to help you. um, Those things are are certainly important. So, you know, I'm kind of wondering here, Matt, you know, with you and I, you know, obviously being in every, I don't know, sort of social channel that, that, that we're a part of in terms of the community, whether it's, you know, through the, you know, uh, email experience council or the email center and provider coalition, MOG, 
and you know email geeks and all that sort of stuff you know you and i are, are definitely watching and hearing from brands marketers and even those that receive the stuff saying you know these are good you know do's and don'ts and and you know hey be careful of this but you know maybe you know one of the things that we should be you know discussing here is just telling our listeners here uh, you know what are some of the things that you should be thinking of and and you've already you know brought up a very good one right which is obviously you know do put out a statement if your business or your customers are going to be impacted by this virus you know directly and you know, you know, what sort of maybe potential preventative measures are being put in place by, you know, those you know, local and, and national governments. But as you're doing that, you know, as, as, as brands are doing that, you know, should they be just doing this on a one-off and, and, you know, what's some of the advice you think that we should be giving people that this message should be like? Because we talk about this like during the holiday prep time. Hey, it's now September, it's October. Let's get ready for holiday. Check your list. Make sure that your content's right. Look at your calendars, your marketing calendars, excuse me. Um, you know, these are the things you want to do. Keep your message short. Do you have any sort of advice around, you know, like initial statement, you know, should these brands be following up? And, and if so, you know, when, and meaning like, you know, are there specific updates on normal services will be impacted? Or I don't know about you, but like you and I were supposed to be in London two weeks ago. I'm still getting updates from the tube service there about how they're being impacted and whatnot. What are some things that we should be taking a look at, you think? I think there's a few things. Like, first off, you know, don't panic, I would say, as a brand. Like, you know, people are already concerned enough. Take a minute, take a deep breath, you know, understand the message that you want to send, understand the target audience, but don't panic. You don't have to be first. You just need to be really sort of in my opinion, accurate. Because it stops you from sending like too many additional follow-ups to be like, oh, and we forgot. Oh, and we changed. Oh, and we did this other thing too. But in, in some cases, sending follow-ups makes a ton of sense. I'm just trying to find it in my inbox here to see if I can sort of walk you through how I've seen the Loblaws Corporation doing it here in, in Canada have the inbox around. So they sent an update and it was basically, you know, here's an important note from our president about what we're doing. And they talked about how they're changing their stores, how they're doing some things. And then a few days later, they sent an additional one that said, you know what? Now that we've got more information, now that we've got some additional guidance from the government, we're doing these additional things. And here's how it's going to impact you. Here's how we've changed our stores. Like we're only opening every other cashier. We've put tape on the floor to understand so that people have a visual of what proper distancing is. Then they sent out another one that said, you know, we understand how hard this is for our frontline staff and we want to really support them and we want you guys to understand how it's impacting them. You know, they've given them, you know, I, I hate to say the word, but it's sort of danger pay. They've all gotten temporary raises during this period because they're all working to continue to be, you know, an essential service for their communities, which is great. And I love the fact that they've sort of taken that initiative. Is that a message they need to send to everybody? Uh, I'm not 100% on that one. So there is a <laughs> bit of a, a mix, right? Like, I, I think it's really important to share what you're doing for your staff. But I don't know if you need to share that with your entire subscriber base. Yeah. So no, that's actually, it, yeah, that's actually a very good point. It's finding the balance because, you know, it was reported in the media. It was reported elsewhere as well. So people are going to hear about it. And, you know, I think, let's see. So I've got, at this point, one, two, three, four, five, six updates from the president of the organization in sort of a two-week period, which is great that they're keeping me informed. And I'm really excited for that. And I think it's it's the smart thing for them to do, especially since their audience is, is you know, grocery and pharmacy, which is super important. But at the same time, I think the message can be 
you know, tone down a bit around some of the things that they're communicating. Um, so it's just finding that balance. And I think they've done a, a decent job at that. But, you know, other industries, you know, like the hotel industry, as an example, I think I've gotten one email from, yeah. you know, some of those. So I got one from Marriott that was basically like, you know, we, we understand. Here's what we're doing for those of you that have to stay with us. The efforts we're making to make things safer, how we're changing our policies. That's great. I think it's a great balance. And, you know, it looks like from what I've seen, they really dialed back their marketing at the moment, which is also smart. Well, that's actually a good point. You know, I guess the I guess the question that we've, that we've all been thinking about now is, you know, there are certain you know negatively impacted you know vertical spaces, right, and and travel, hospitality, that sort of thing, right. I, I was even looking this morning and seeing all the airplanes that are sitting on tarmacs now. You know, should these brands, right, should these vertical spaces just say, hey, we're gonna like you said, we're just gonna send one email out and that's it, right, and wait, I don't know, a month or two until we start seeing a change or or, you know, and I say a change, but a change in the virus, but we also might see a change in, in how the governments are, are feeling about letting people out more, you know, is it, is it, you know, should they be sending out, you know, emails every month saying, hey, by the way, your mileage accounts are, are safe. I've gotten a couple of those, right, that said, hey, you'll keep your status or, you know, this loyalty program will, you know, will be frozen for now. And so you don't have to worry about losing your points and whatnot. But, you know, should those heavily impacted ones communicate, you know, more or less or, you know, just about the same that they're doing now? Uh, well, you know, it'll vary, but I think, I think some of those things you said are completely different. I think the loyalty statements, changes to the loyalty program, whether it's freezing them, whether it's freezing your status, whether it's, you know, here's your point balance, because you can collect points for most of these programs in various different ways on your credit cards or, or other partner locations and things. So I, I think those are important to keep in regards to sending because they're the relationship messages. But I also think it's important to share some of those things that you're changing in your program, even if it's short term. Those are really important. The, you know, get a discount flight from here to Hawaii. Mm, I'm not traveling right now anyways. And I don't know what the situation is going to be in three months. So I may not be traveling in three months either. So you may want to adjust some of those messages, some of those drip campaigns, maybe. Just in, until things have happened. You know, obviously important messages would be, you know, if you had a flight booked or if you had travel booked, how do you cancel? You know, what's the policies around cancellation? What's the policies around, you know, credit versus refund? Um, those types of things are, I think are important. Where I think there's opportunity, at least in the, like the airline industry as an example. I saw on, on Twitter today, one of the Canadian airlines was talking about, you know, they've converted some of their, or their cargo planes are being used to ensure that the supply chain is continuing and that stuff is moving around to make sure that people are still getting their things they've ordered online or, or, you know, they're moving the important medical equipment around the country or around the world that needs to be moved to the right locations. Those are actually good sort of relationship messages. I think that you could build on and show sort of, we may be, you know, down right now and, and we're getting kicked, but we're getting back up and here's the things that we're doing to actually make things better around the world. Those are important messages because people need to hear that. People need to hear the good news. Because if you watch exactly. any of the exactly. news media, it's all like, you know, how many people died today? How many people are sick today? How fast is, you know, the infection rates growing? Those types of things. Yeah. Good news around we're keeping the supply chain moving. People need to know that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because what we're getting from the government, and, I'm, and I won't start naming names on our side of things here, but all we're getting is, is, is all this misinformation and negativity. And, and you know, as, as Matt and I are friends on Facebook, you know, I'm, I, I've been personally, like he, 
trying to put out good news as much as possible every single day. Some funny stuff even about what's happening in my household since my sons are home from college now and we're now a family of four all of a sudden. So it's a little more difficult to have a, a full house here, you know, but, you know, Matt, I, uh, I even noticed this morning, uh, you know, and, and you probably haven't had time to see it, but I, I posted even on Facebook this morning a little bit more about sort of the scam situation that's, you know, that's occurring. More specifically, my post this morning was more about the Facebook scams that I've been seeing the last week or two, where, yes, we're all desperate right now for, for money. Some of us don't have jobs. Like I just heard from a really good friend of ours yesterday whose company is laying off 10% of their staff, a very large company. Um, and he got laid off yesterday. And it's it's kind of like, it, it's a little bit, you know, scary. And, you know, in that sense, but we're all needing some, some breaks. And, uh, you know, yeah, some of those are coming, as you had said earlier, some places are, uh, you know, brands are unfortunately using COVID as, as an opportunity, as a really bad opportunity to give out discounts if they use COVID-19 as a code. But we are seeing a, a huge amount of scams rising in the last two weeks. And Facebook, again, was one of the biggest ones right now where, you know, if you share this post and then you give us all this information, we'll give you a free pair of, of, of shoes or, you know, we'll, uh, because the food shortage happened about a week or two ago, hey, you know, this store, this brand, if you, if you share this and give us your PII, we'll put you in a drawing for two free one hour slots at our stores to grab as much food as you can. Um, and it's not just happening in Facebook. It's happening even in email right now yeah. um, where I'm starting to start, you know, starting to see as, as you and I have tagged email addresses out there, we're getting a lot of scam emails and whatnot what what you know in terms of brands we, you know you and i have always talked about you know brand authentication and and security and, and and all that sort of thing you know is you know is the message you know still the same is that you know if you guys are not protecting your brands by doing authentication you know then you should be even doing it more now which i think is true obviously but you know are you know should brands also be even I guess, paying attention to the reports that they would get from like a validity or a 250 sort of platform. I know you guys are still integrating and whatnot, but you know, there's all these different companies that are out there, these platforms that, that help, you know, demartian and whatnot and stuff, but they're helping brands keep their email secure. Is that more important you think now? And, and if so, you know, should brands not only be taking this time and effort to say, Hey, send out an email or two. Yes. But your marketing, the rest of your marketing is going to be paused for a little bit. Maybe this is the time to spend a little bit of time on security and privacy as well. Maybe. Yeah, no, I, I, I've started actually to see some of these, you know, the scams online shift. So yesterday I started to receive, you know, selling masks scams through email I've started to get, you know, the United Nations and the World Health Organization scams through email, all going to addresses that have long been out sort of in, uh, you know, the world of being spammed and harvested, et cetera, over and over again. But yeah, I actually, I actually put this out on Twitter. I was like, you know, as you slow down your marketing campaigns for the next couple of weeks or, or month or whatever it happens to end up being, you know, consider taking this time to reevaluate, you know, reevaluate your drip campaigns test them out. Are they working properly? Are they working as expected? Should you pause them during this time? Look at your templates. Maybe now's a good time to, to upgrade some templates. Look at your authentication. I just wrote an article about, you know, set and forget authentication. Domain keys <laughs> way back in the day, you know, was a thing and, and really it, it's sort of gone away now and, and people shouldn't really be signing it anymore. Uh, you know, DCAM has taken over. But I still see people using, you know, using old keys and, and those haven't been sort of updated or maintained as well as they're not as secure, right? A lot of them are, are using softer encryption and the newer keys that is easier to crack. And, and those are sort of just left out there waiting for someone to, to take advantage of. 
Uh, we've seen articles even around old C names that get left behind and people go and then try to use those C names because they look legit or even they, they actually are legit. Um, and then they're using to be, they're being used for malware. So, you know, there's lots of opportunities right now to get to some of those projects you haven't got to. You know, DMARC is certainly one of those projects that I would say people should take the time to look at. You know, you're sending lower volumes right now, but also people are potentially attacking your brand even more because they're trying to use it to scam people. So I, th I think there's an opportunity to get to some of those things that you've been sort of, we'll get to it when we have time. Well, I think you have time right now. Some people yeah. do at any rate, you know, and, and when you're sending lower volumes, it's a little easier to kind of find some of those nitpicky things that may be outstanding or maybe automated that you forgot about. Yeah, no, that's actually a good point. You know, I, I, I was sitting here thinking and talking to some of our friends that are all sitting at home and uh, I don't know about the rest of the listeners here, but even some of us have been sort of getting together on these daily or these open Zoom calls or, uh, you know, conference calls. And, and you know, it, it's interesting to see everybody who is getting used to, to being at home, but also hearing from a lot of people, Matt, that, well, you know, their daily work is, is, is quite different. You know, it's either they're, they're even busier, but in most cases, they're finding the fact that there isn't as much going on because, yes, a lot of companies are, are slowing down because they have to at this point. You know, and so interestingly, the, the, you, know, you know, what you're mentioning here is that this is a good opportunity for everyone to take a look at really what are the side projects that you've had, you know, just sitting there doing absolutely nothing or, you know, had originally a six to eight month sort of time frame, you know, can that be sped up if you have that extra time? You know, and, uh, you know, Matt, and you and I have always preached the idea around security and or privacy by design, right? And that's always building privacy and security into your programs, whether it's marketing or other things as well, you know, uh, privacy impact uh, assessments, that sort of stuff. And so maybe this is a really good time to do sort of that security, you know, email brand checkup right now is, is you know, folks, you know, it, you know, it's, it's to go out there and, and to see what you had already going on previously to this pandemic. But Matt, I think also... I don't know about you, but I have seen more uh, authentication failures even in the last week or two because, again, companies were scrambling to get massive amounts of email out in a very short amount of time. And as such, you know, we're doing it in such a way where it was like, okay, you know what, we're not going to be sending this on our normal, you know, dedicated IPs or, or dedicated platform or email service provider platform. We're just going to get it out however we can. So they're picking up you know, other channels are picking up other uh, other ways to get that message out. And so, yeah, what we're seeing also is is a huge increase. Um, you know, Matt, what we're also seeing too in that, and, and I'd like for us to maybe chat about this here, is, I don't know, but, you know, some pe people are now complaining that their emails are not making it to the inbox now, especially when it has the word COVID-19. And it kind sure. of is reminiscent of when you and I kind of were dealing with this stuff almost 20 years ago, that if you had the word free in your email, you were going to junk, right? And so we told everybody, don't use the word free. And all these, you know, content checking platforms that, that we had all created, you know, uh, would show points off if the word free was in there. And older platforms like Spam Assassin actually had rule sets for the word free. Are we back at that same sort of mentality here where maybe you don't want to put the word COVID-19 in your email or in your subject line because it's going to get hit up as well? I don't know. I'm still on the, I, I'm still on the uh, reputation outweighs content fence. Uh, group, okay. you know, when looking at that, I think what's happened is a lot of people panicked, they rushed, they sent all these campaigns, they may be sent to people that have unsubscribed, they may be sent to people that they didn't have a, an indication whether the, in, the subscriber was subscribed or not. Maybe consumers just got tired of the onslaught of messages that they were receiving. And so they started to report messages as spam, they started to, you know, unsubscribe from stuff, they started to give the indicators, if you will. Mm -hmm. 
negative reputation. And so what we're seeing is sort of the long tail effect of, you know, people sort of burn their reputation because they panicked and they sent these broad messages to people that had unsubscribed in the past, to people that hadn't engaged with their brand in a number of years. Like it, it actually got to the point where one of the late night hosts, I think it was uh, Jimmy Fallon actually put that into his, into his monologue this week. And it was basically like, oh, I stayed at that hotel 17 years ago. They emailed me saying, what, telling me what they're doing. He's like, I haven't thought about them in 17 years because I stayed there one time for a friend's wedding. You know, so I think that's where people sort of panic and they mail to everybody and say, oh, my God, here's what we're doing. When they really need to sit back and sort of not do that and think about all those things that do impact reputation. You know, this is why in, in you know, organizations that we work with in like MOG, we work to build best practices about sending these types of notifications, mm -hmm. and who you should target and the types of people that you should be sending to and uh, how you should do it and using the proper authentication and all those types of things you know, trying to educate people to first off, you know, not panic, send the right message to the right context. You know, if, if someone hasn't engaged with your brand and they unsubscribed three years ago, they're probably not someone who cares too much about your crisis message. You know, they're going to find out other ways if they're still engaging with your brand. You know, online only yeah. brands, again, it's one of those, do people really care what you're doing? Right, well, I'm not going really to the physical Right. You know, like if, if Amazon were to send me something around, you know, here's what we're doing at our corporate offices, I probably would be great. Why do I care? But if they were to send me a message around, you know, here's how we're making our shipping locations much safer for you. That's important. So it's, it's balancing the message and, and making well, sure you send time, it. Well, Go at the same time, working together as a community, right? You know, the yeah. other thing that you and I have been hearing about, and, and I'll use Netflix as the example, right? <laughs> I guess in the last week or two, the European Union or some of the folks in Europe, Europe said, hey, listen, our, our bandwidth, you know, here is being uh, completely just taken down by the fact that people are watching, you know, you know HD 4K movies and whatnot. And so companies <laughs> like Netflix made the, you know, the decision to, to reduce the bandwidth or to reduce the, uh, the type of, or, or format, I should say, of, of what the movies are coming into. And we've seen the same thing here too, where some messages that were being sent out were being highly delayed because again, as an email community, not only should we be working together to fight the scams and to fight all these other issues, but we should be looking together to say, hey, listen, you know, let's, you know, like you just said, let's all take a step back for a second and let's, let's all, not all communicate at once and let's figure out, you know, as I'm putting together this email campaign, you know, what things should I think about, you know, I can wait an extra three, four or five days, maybe depending on what the message is, obviously, but, you know, as, a, as an email community, we should be fighting together so that you know we can allow the really important messages that should be getting out and then those that that you know want to just give us a you know a small update like you know the tire company yes our hours have been modified i'm more concerned about the hours that have been modified at the food stores and whatnot but you know the messages you know here is is that you know i think we also need to think about each other um and if we can communicate with each other a little bit to say hey you know what are my partners doing you know, what are the what are the brands uh, that, that I have partnerships with doing around communicating? And just like you and I would have advocated for, I think, years ago, when we talked to brands about don't oversend, right, is, you, yeah. know, you know, some companies have 15 different divisions sending emails and they should be doing a shared schedule or, or a calendar. You know, folks, if you have the opportunity to work with some of the partners and brands that you work with together, you know, start talking to them and, and understanding, you know, are they already over communicating a little bit? And again, should you be waiting? Because not only are you going to help, you know, the consumers who are receiving this sort of stuff, but you're also going to help the infrastructure. Right? Our infrastructure right now is so overloaded right now. 
um, and it is causing problems. And we want to make sure that, you know, we still have the ability to communicate in the time of, of emergency if things get worse. So I, you know, I don't know, Matt, if you would agree with that, but you know, that's something that's been on my mind as well too. Well, yeah, even, even yesterday when, when you called me to talk about this, you were saying that you were having problems with your mobile service because your, your mobile service was overloaded. You know, a lot of people have mobile only. If your phone's not working in a time of crisis and you actually need to reach someone, that's important. But I think, you know, going back to the whole, you know, don't panic is now the right time to send this message. Something to sort of sit back and, and think about, you know, I would also look at, you know, are you thinking about your recipients, right? Is this message important to them? Is it going to help them in any way? If not, maybe you think about it a little bit more to, to sort of figure out what that, you know, uh, what the right message is, you know, being sensitive, right? I think that goes back to the whole conversation of, you know, using this current crisis as a discount code. That's not really sensitive to a lot of people. If a lot of people are going to die, a lot of people have died. Um, using this crisis as a, a marketing tool is obviously not something that I would ever endorse to anyone. Um, you know, are you adding value versus just noise? That's another one. Um, and and I, I've seen a lot of brands talk about, you know, hygiene and cleaning things and what they're doing and, and what people should be doing at home. And I really think, you know, step back, you're not the expert on these types of things. You know, if you want to point to the experts, point to the World Health Organization, point to the CDC, point to, you know, NOAA in case of like environmental disasters or the environmental protection agencies, those types of things. They're the experts. Give people the yeah. channel to say, here's the first-hand experience from an expert. We're not experts in these things. You know, maybe you are. <laughs> you know, maybe you are <laughs> Clorox. You're Clorox and you know how to kill every bacteria under the sun. Maybe. Right. But even then, you know, that's not necessarily the message you want to send to people. You want to send the message to people that the World Health Organization and the CDC are tracking this and trending and providing the most relevant recent information that they can. You know, and, and impartial information. I think that's the other thing to remember is not all information and not all media and not all news is impartial. So trying to understand where the impartial media and the impartial information can come from that's factual. Those are things that, that people need to understand and need to see. Yeah, I think that's a really good ending statement there from you is that we have to think about, you know, what's happening and think about others and, 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 and really understand that, yes, we're all important to, you know, in terms of our brands and whatnot, but there's a, there's a time and a place, uh, you know, when to make a, a message and when to be considerate and when to think about others. And so, you know, as I'm sort of thinking about what we've talked a little bit about here today, you know, is that, you know, the, the questions that I think companies and that you and I have been talking about here is, you know, you know, there's at least three questions you have to think about to begin with is, you know, do you need a, a coronavirus statement right now? And then if so, secondarily to that, what should it say? And then third, you know, should I share it publicly? Is it an internal message? Is it an external message? And, and if so, then how do I communicate to my customers without sounding insensitive or insincere? Or am I taking advantage of the situation? But we've also talked a little bit about the do's and don'ts, right? That, you know, do put out a statement if your business or your customers are going to be severely impacted. And we've talked about that with the grocery stores, right? Because yeah. there are hours and differences and cleaning issues. And that as well, that when you do that, to be very specific on those updates on things like normal services and again, you know, how they'll be impacted. That if you, you know, if you need to, that you should, you know, that you do provide information about those online options as well. I've gotten several of those saying, hey, listen, really right now, we're out of stuff locally here. If you can go online and order or have it delivered, we would prefer that. And it's also what we're seeing from a food perspective, too, where a lot of companies now are saying, hey, we're offering curbside, but we're also offering free delivery. I think Uber Eats was the most recent one I saw where they waived the delivery charges. And I think that's a really you know, fantastic thing. 
but at the same time to don't just send a statement for the sake of sending a statement, right? Even aside from the general recommendations, we're not, you know, filling just customers' inboxes and news feeds with clutter, you know, especially, uh, you know, it, it's an important behavior to really avoid, I, I would say, during the crisis and what you and I have sort of agreed with. Um, yeah. You know, don't I, use I, it, you, Sorry, one thing to add there, like I do think it's important to not completely suspend your program either. You know, there has to be some type of messaging just in order to carry your reputation. Otherwise, if you stop sending for a month or six weeks, you know, coming back on online, you can't hit send full volume again. You have to do domain warm up. You have to do IP warm up. You have to do these types of things. So some minimal level of communication once a week is probably something people need to consider as well. Right. But right. No, what that, is that message? Exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, guys, you know, as you guys are, are listening to Matt and I talk about this, I mean, literally as your home, looking at your family, <laughs> apply that, that grandmother test, if you will, as well. And that's, that's kind of a, maybe a bad term to be using right now since the elderly are heavily impacted by COVID. <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, you know, does your grandmother need to hear what you're about to send, right? You know, maybe not, you know, because again, we have to remember that this is a global health crisis and that will affect, you know, hundreds of thousands of millions of people and, and more, again, you know, more severely than others. And again, you know, everyone is already stressed out. So we need to be very, very cautious about that. But, you know, I speak for Matt and his wife and, and even for my family here is that, guys, we're all in this together and that we will prevail in all this, right? And that, you know, the, you know these are the things that, that we need to be thinking about even more today as an email community, you know, you know during this crisis that, yes, we want to help our, our customers. Uh, we want to make them safe. We want to give them their needs right now. But at the same time, we have to be considered about, again, that message, you know, is it the right time? Uh, Matt, it goes back to the, the right message at the right time for the right person sort of mentality. And I think that that really also now has to be put into, you know, the right crisis of the right situation as well. So, right. you know, you know, you know, these are tough times, folks, and we get it. So, you know, just start thinking about this as you guys are going through your campaigns and putting this stuff together. There now needs to be added a couple of more discussion points and tests that I think have to happen. So, but, you know, I, I hope everyone has enjoyed this uh, podcast. Uh, it was something that we obviously hadn't planned to do in terms of, uh, of a part of our series here with, you know, with NetCore, but it, it was, you know, definitely a timely sort of situation and, and being able to reach out to another expert and friend of ours, you know, Matt Bernhut from Validity. I really want to thank Matt for being a part of this and for being a leader in the space and, and helping us you know, understand all this. And, uh, you know, as you guys go through this, um, you know, continue to look out for NetCore's additional podcasts on this. We've been in a long series here. We've done a recently a, a global email trends report that was released about a week ago. We are also doing a prediction series that maybe some of you have, have already begun to see. But again, um, continue to listen for the podcast. We'll be putting more of this stuff out. And uh, if you know how to get a hold of us, uh, you know, Matt and I both are on Twitter. Uh, we're in a lot of places like the Email Geek Slack channel. We're at the EEC. We're at the ESPC. But feel free to reach out to us if you have questions and you know uh, about this stuff. And uh, Matt, if you don't mind here, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a little Texas twang on this. But as uh, as Mayor Be as, as Mayor Betsy Price of, of Fort Worth here in, in Texas said, y'all stay safe, y'all stay healthy, and y'all stay at home as well. Don't panic. <laughs> we're gonna do just fine. So, but thank you, Matt, for being here. I really appreciate your time. Thanks very much for inviting me. I had a great time. Great. Thank you very much, everyone. Have a good day. You've been listening to the Email Unplugged podcast powered by NetCore. Hit subscribe in your favorite podcast player to make sure you never miss an episode. To learn more about effective email communication and engagement through AI-powered email solutions, visit netcore.co. 
the only global email engagement leader delivering marketing ROI and value to 20 plus global unicorns and 5,000 plus brands for over two decades.